And there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest podcasters found themselves united to have the conversations you always wanted to have about the films you love. With great power comes great responsibility. I just finally know what I have to do. Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Avengers! Welcome to the Cult Classic Comics Show. Welcome, everyone, to the Cult Classic Comics Show. I'm one of your hosts, Carmelo Chimera. My name is Omi Gonzalez. I am one of the other hosts, Jason Chihuahua. And I'm the last host, Emily Hunter. And today we're discussing the film Dark Knight Rises, the last film in, in Chris Nolan's trilogy. And and uh, we were having a little pre-show debate, so we thought we better just uh, dive right in today. But before we do, what's everybody drinking today? I'm drinking a Pinot Noir called Rascal, and it they support the Humane Society of the U.S., so that's why I drink them. Oh, look at that. That's awesome. That's a that's a win win. You get to save the animals and get drunk. Yep, exactly. This episode brought to you by the American Humane Society. They also have not paid for a sponsorship, but if they'd like to, they can send checks or money orders to P.O. Box One, Lombard, Illinois. Lamont, not Lombard. Lamont. Oh shit. Six zero four three nine. Meanwhile, I'm drinking Noble Oak. That mailbox this week, and it was empty. Empty? No. Empty. It's I was terrible. expecting. I was expecting thousands of letters. I'll make sure to tell my mom. I think six hundred of them from that Freddy guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because no one uses letters anymore. Obviously, with the billions of people who listen to this show, you expected some correspondence. But you know, if we if we said slide into our DMs, we'd have a million messages. We couldn't get through them all. We have to make you go through the effort of, of handwriting a letter to us. I did find a Batman card this weekend. I did send that to my mother. Nice. <laughs> it's an Easter card. <laughs> it is. Ah, but as we're drinking, I am classic uh, sparkling water this week. Just, just if our personalities were what we're drinking right now, I we're we're three for three. Only bring it home. Uh, coffee, but I'm in my I love you like Kanye loves Kanye cup. Yes. So. <laughs> These, I think, are the official drinks of each of us here today. <laughs> so, Dark Knight Rises. All right. We've, we've worked our way through all of the Chris Nolan movies. This is the finale. Who wants to do first impressions? Uh, very quickly, I'll just say this will go down as one of the greatest film trilogies Probably in my lifetime. I, I agree with that. I feel very strongly, and I'll die on this hill. This is, first of all, this movie's fantastic. Second of all, it's probably the best or one of the best part threes of any series ever. Normally there's like a huge fall off, and I did not feel that here. 
Um, and I think as a trilogy, as a whole, this movie wraps it all up, um, and, and brings it home. So kudos to this movie. I love dark Knight rises. I enjoyed every second of rewatching it. Yeah. I felt like the, uh, the three movies and coincidentally, they, they came out the same time as like, uh, James Bond, Casino Royale, um, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. Mm-hmm. which together acted as an act one, two, and three of a three-part movie. And that's what I felt this kind of did. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, um, essentially on their own is our acts one, two, and three of a three-part film. Yeah, and, and Omi and I like to talk about The Prestige a lot, where Chris Nolan like lays out his theory of storytelling. And like each of these movies by itself follows the three form the three pieces, and the trilogy as a whole follows the three yeah. pieces. Omi, what were the, um, help me out. What was the, the prestige had, had like the three parts. What are the three parts to the magic trick? Um, so is the presentation, right? Like they have the whole thing. Um, right, and, right. Look at the, look at the but, cage. It's not a trick cage. It's, yeah. you know, it's the setup, right? It's it the set. setup. It was, it was also said that that shit was all made up for the movie. Like it wasn't like, like Christopher Nolan took his, uh, his little, uh, director, vibe and, and definitely made up some new words and shit so the prestige yeah i'm not saying he knows how to like talk magic lingo but you know obviously it's but, a... it was dope the opening i think it's then then it's the turn and then it's the prestige right That's like right. something that disappears yeah. has to show back up i mean the dark knight follows it it's it's real it's really ambitious like it took from every comic book i ever grew up on from uh no man's land to nightfall yep uh, it did a great job adding some new things about, uh, you know, first off, can we talk about, uh, Bruce's, uh, bacchiotomy <laughs> that he had out of nowhere <laughs> the bacchiotomy. to start standing still. Uh, Jason, you tell me, is that how you cure bacchiotomies? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. But... In, in Gotham city. Sure. Oh, I mean, there, I'm pretty sure there's no, um, you know, there's no governing body for, for malpractice in Gotham city. I don't want to go to that chiropractor at all. That was rough. But uh, Nolan did some things that was really interesting movie-wise. One of the things that I really took note about watching it this time was uh, Alfred. Um, Being the old man in the movie that really had no art, he got rid of him immediately. Uh, You know, he said, listen, I I failed you. I got to go. And before Gotham goes to shit, he gets rid of Alfred in this very like matter of fact way um, in part one and part two, which I thought was a, at first I was like, Oh, that's a buyout. But then as like um, seeing it as a play, I really thought that was really creative and really risky uh, to an extent. And that now we had to rely on Lucius and made us go on to Marion Cotillard as our other um, um, kind of like North star as in what Bruce is trying to follow. So I thought that was pretty dope. I noticed that too this time and I was rewatching the movie with my wife and she literally teared up in the scene where Alfred leaves Bruce. And I, I was feeling it myself, obviously being a man, I am incapable of crying, but if I were, I would have cried during this scene. Um, but like Alfred might leave after like act one, but he does complete the emotional arc of the movie and of the whole trilogy. But I, I don't want to keep, yeah, on before we get Emily's first impression and then we can we can dive right into the discussion. Emily, what did you think of Dark Knight Rises? So this was the second time I watched the movie. I literally just saw it the first time a year ago. Probably mm. it popped up on my memories probably like two or three weeks 
ago. So it's been a year. And I don't, I think also because we talked about it last week, I didn't have like the best feeling about Dark Knight just personally. Um, that's probably why I waited to watch it. Um, I was okay with this movie. I, we've mentioned a few of the little plot holes and there were things that I just felt like were extremely unrealistic that could potentially happen in a comic book. But in the real world, I was kind of like, whatever, like the back stuff we we're talking about. Um, but I was okay with it. There were some things that I'm sure we're going to talk about that I'll probably uh, chime in on, but it, it wasn't my best or my favorite of the three. Wait, I'm, I still like Batman Begins. Are we uh, talking about the revenge plot where it takes a hot woman to fuck the shit out of me? To like, are we talking about that one? Because that was a real bad plot hole right there. Like what that was a bad one. What What do you mean? What plot hole? I'm just talking about if your revenge plan is that a hot girl has to have sex with me to sell the revenge plan, <laughs> like sign me up. Like I'm doing people, I'm slapping people on the street nowadays just to see if they get that revenge plan in their back pocket somewhere. You know what I mean? I gotta tell you, man. Nothing in my life has caused me more misery than some of the people I've I've had uh, an intimate relationship with. So I don't know. I mean, it really. You know, that's, that's a way to twist the knife. From Batman Forever's? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, uh, no, no Batman Forever's that Jason couldn't fix for me, right, Jason? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll do a quick rundown. Um, I'm really interested in, like, specifically I'm really interested in Emily and Omi's, like, opinion of this movie because this movie's, like, draw super draws from a couple of comic books that are like classic Batman comic books. And that could be like a really good thing, but Emily doesn't come from like the super duper comic world. So as the, I don't know, sort of like the every person movie goer, it could hurt that viewing experience. Right. So like, I'm really interested about that. Um, but a quick rundown of the plot, uh, after the events of the dark Knight. Batman and Commissioner Gordon were successful in, in ending organized crime or effectively ending it and rounding up most of Gotham's violent criminals um, under the Harvey Dent Act and and under the, the guise of this great man, Harvey Dent. But, you know, Commissioner Gordon lives in shame because Harvey Dent was a monster at the end and tried to kill his son and his, his tr- most trusted friend took the fall for it. Uh, meanwhile, Batman has become a recluse. No one sees Batman. No one sees Bruce Wayne until he's sort of dragged out of hiding by this conspiracy, uh, basically to hijack his company to get control of a nuclear fusion device that was meant to bring clean energy, but has instead been turned into a weapon by a mercenary called Bane and the remains of the League of Shadows. Bane was excommunicated from Rosal Ghoul's uh, organization and and sort of has reborn the, the, the league. He defeats Batman in combat and, and traps him in a pit on the other side of the world and makes him watch on the news as Bane conquers Gotham. And with the threat of this bomb turns it into a no man's land. That is a, a stateless city now, uh, completely helpless and under, you know, chaos and martial law. Um, well, Batman eventually has to overcome his, his, the same emotional trauma that started this whole trilogy, which is why I like this movie so much in order to figuratively and literally rise from this pit, return to Gotham and save the city 
uh, ultimately dying in a nuclear explosion to save the city, uh, which is how the movie would end if you didn't watch the last five minutes. But then it turns out Batman is alive and well and living under a fake identity with Selina Kyle uh, on the other side of the world. And uh, he has passed the torch of Batman on to a, a young police officer named Robin Wink John Blake. <laughs> and uh, that's The Dark Knight Rises in a, in a nutshell. And uh, uh, that's my, my quick summary of it. So if you, if you haven't seen it, it is it is a good movie, right? We can debate if it's like one of the best Batman movies or whatever, but like it's a good movie, I I think anyway. I don't does anyone disagree with me? Is this a bad movie? Am I am I off base or like it's a good movie. I like it. I like it a lot. It's entertaining. I like it's fine. Yeah. I thought this was a very excellent movie. I would even be willing to make an argument that it was maybe the best of the three. Uh, and I feel the same way, except for having just recently rewatched Batman Begins, and like I respect that this one has a few more holes than Batman Begins does, or it takes a few more leaps than Batman Begins does. Um, I, this was my favorite until this rewatch this time, where Batman Begins really wowed me again. Um, but I, I thought this movie was spectacular. I, I love Bane. I love his portrayal of Bane. His physicality uh, is fantastic. Um, this Michelle Pfeiffer is always going to be my girl, Bane but this is, Catwoman is, is. Yeah. I love how Bane is very intelligent in this film. Yeah. Cause that's how he is in like the comics and like, yeah. only can you talk about nightfall for a minute? Like what's the, what's nightfall and how does that play out in this movie? Yeah. So nightfall is a little like, it, it's a late, you know, mid nineties joint. And, um, the idea was that Bane came up and he was, uh, um, an expert strategist. He was always outrageously intelligent. Um, the addiction to Venom was there. Like, that was already passed on Batman's Venom. Uh, that was an old arc. But uh, Bane was the first one. And it's funny because the two stories, the two main arcs that uh, Chris Nolan takes from has very much the same Bane of No Man's Land and Nightfall. But what Bane tries to do is that he tries to destroy Bruce slash Batman, both, like, first physically and then emotionally. And that leads him to a point where he breaks his back. And he has to re-identify himself because he no longer has the physical attributes of Batman to be Gotham's protector. Uh, it's all it's all Bane leading this all out. Before Hush was around, where the Riddler was the big mastermind, Bane played this game first in the in the mid eight mid nineties. Um, so I love that this movie really brought that to the table. Like that Bane wasn't a uh, muscle bound idiot steroid guy. Like he really was there strategically to destroy Bruce. And, you know, he had some monologues that really helped out with that about, you know, being part of the dark and, and, and so on that really goes back to the character. Um, there's, there's some things about Bane that people overlook. First off, that he's, um, you know, he's from South America. Um, they didn't do that in this movie too much, but they definitely gave him a little bit more of a, a, of a foreign kind of appeal to us. Uh, I don't know where... Bruce, can someone tell remind me where was Bruce held captive in this movie? Yeah, they don't they don't say right, but Alfred just calls it a more ancient part of the world, right? So I, I guess I sort of thought like the Middle East, maybe somewhere. I, heard, I saw somewhere in an article they called it the Lazarus Pit. I don't know if that was part of the comic book. Yeah, so that's not what this is. But that's I'm glad you brought that up because the Lazarus Pit's like super important to Ra's al Ghul. And this movie goes a different route. So the Lazarus pits where we start to get quasi magical and you know, they'd still argue it's like the, the Batman scientific explanation, but it, it is quasi magical, which is like the earth used to have these pits 
with like healing waters and we've destroyed them with pollution over the generations and there's very few left, but the ones that are left are controlled by the league and these waters can heal you from almost any wound or even resurrect you. And so they've given Rosal Ghul unnaturally long life. And that does not come out in the movie though. The movie does obviously play with like Rosal Ghul's immortality. He's faked his death once. And then of course in this movie, we deal with his daughter, which is the twist ending, right? Is that, is that Tali Al Ghul is behind everything, uh, which I really liked. I really enjoyed that they brought her in and that it was a fake out. We have a beautiful scene with Raz Al Ghul in yeah. the last bit. You know, like I, I thought that was brilliant on Chris Nolan's part to like give us that little teaser of him living in Bruce's head and having that little pep talk with him. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. And it's called the Lazarus, even better. That's so fucking dope. Yeah, if it if that was like their nod to the Lazarus pits, I'm really I think that's actually really cool. Um I liked all by the way you mentioned Rosal Cool. I loved all the little nods to the first one that are in this movie and they don't all play out obviously like they don't like quote the first movie with like a wink, but they do some of the same gags, right? Like like Rosal Ghoul says to him, that's why I thought of it. He says, "Oh, Gotham must be allowed to die." which is what the fake Rosal Ghoul says in the first Batman Begins. And by the way, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's actually Rachel Ghoul. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pronounce it the way they do in the movie. It's pronounced Jif, not Gif. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine goes dead, 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 You know, so. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, Yeah, I'm all about it. And so that's no, that's, that's Nightfall. Um, but you mentioned, no. can you talk about No Man's Land for a minute? Like, tell me about No Man's Land. No Man's Land was my shit. Uh, no Man's Land was, I think, early, late, uh, early 2000s. It was when DC Comics was like, we did every, you know, we did every Riddler story, we did every Joker story, and they thought about this idea of making an earthquake the villain of Gotham, and it destroys Gotham. It, it just puts it on there. To a point where America says Gotham is no longer part of America and it's called No Man's Land. And anyone that doesn't leave after this certain time, fuck y'all, pay me. The cool part about that story was that fear had to be redefined because people live through this atrocity of seeing loved ones fall in holes and, and Gotham go to shit. Um, a man dressed up in a bat suit jumping from, from you know, um, from roof to roof was no longer exciting. It was no longer a, a fearful thing. These people were afraid about getting water, right? Like, so Batman had to redefine what that was. Um, and all this time, different villains were taking different territories against each other and it became like this gang war. And the best part for me was, especially being a young kid in hip hop, they started using graffiti as a way to communicate what was safe and what wasn't. And there's a big scene where Batman in broad daylight comes out and gives everyone hope and tags his, his bat signal on there, which makes a makes a little uh, little cameo in the movie where when they're tracking down the um, the bomb, they're writing little Batman notes uh, on chalk on the walls and stuff, which I thought was a great nod to the thing. Um, and that's also and, in Dark Knight Returns, am I right? Because this movie is also a lot of Dark Knight Returns. A lot of Dark Knight Returns. I mean, Dark Knight Returns is in all of the uh, all three, which I thought was great. Um, but you know, Batman has to redefine what what fear is. He has to redefine what the villain is, and he has to also redefine hope. 
there's a beautiful scene in No Man's Land. Of course, it wasn't in, in the movie, but where Superman comes and he tries to just save the day with his superpowers. And Batman makes it clear that it's not about just getting, you know, the resources. It's about are our people ready for those resources? Are they prepared for those resources? And Batman speaks for his people in that way. And it's, it's a very beautiful book. It, it lasted about a year and a half. I think it was a it was a commitment if you were a DC fan back then, um, which I was, and uh, I, I love I love the the idea that Batman had to take on the shape of something that Gotham needed at that time, and and he did it in this movie. It, clearly, Christopher Nolan read some books, you know, like he clearly he read it, he got it, he loved it, he put his new twist. The, the act of three or the, the um, you know, the rule of three was in it with uh, Bruce falling down the hole two yeah. times and then a third time. I felt like the whole trilogy was the uh, rule of three. You know, Bruce was learning things and finally got it at the end, which I, I really appreciated. And it was a very big ode to comic books. Right, right. So I don't want it to become just the Omi and Carmelo show. So mm-hmm. I, I want to ask about something I know is near and dear to Emily's heart. How does Anne Hathaway rank on the Catwoman scale? What's where's she at? She's fine. Um, I liked her costume because I felt like it was like Julie Newmar's back in the '60s on the TV yeah. show. It was very reminiscent. Um, I'm not a, like a big Anne Hathaway fan because generally I don't watch the type of movies that she's in because they're usually like rom coms or something like that. Sure. But I just those diaries. Yeah, I've literally probably only seen three or four of her movies. So I don't have, uh, I haven't, I just haven't seen her breadth of skill. I thought she played a more mature Catwoman versus like the Catwoman in the newest movie. Um, So that was good. But I had problems with like her wanting to clean her slate and become another person. It's like, I even wrote it down. A Catwoman who doesn't want to be Catwoman, question mark. Like, why? Like, come on. Um, but I thought she did fine. Um, again, it's not that it was sexy to some extent, but it's definitely not at the level of Michelle Pfeiffer's. Um, but I thought I thought she was okay. I'm not going to say she was terrible, and I'm not going to say she was great either. I thought she was okay. So I'm a thumbs up. Thumbs up. She's one of the good, the, one of the good Catwomen. Uh, yeah, one so of the better Catwomen. The year this movie came out, I was dating a girl who looked exactly like Anne Hathaway, and we went to Halloween together, and she went as Catwoman, and I went as Bane, which was a lot of fun. And I had to walk around um, with like a straw for my drink that I shoved into the. I put a hole in the mask so I could drink through a straw. So I was <laughs> drinking my whiskey and coke that way. She's like uh, my cat. Pre or post drinks. I'm sorry. I just need to make sure. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? Omi says that like he hasn't dated some dogs. Come on. Well, you get Did to you date all these talk, dogs. I don't get one cat. This woman. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna call Paloma right now. All right. I'm gonna make that say. Oh, that. your present paramour is an exception, obviously. Nah. So you've dressed up as Bane, though. Did anyone understand you like in this fucking movie? He was clear as day in this movie. He was like doing a voice, but like he wasn't crystal clear to you. I I read somewhere that he was doing a voice from a a bare knuckle boxer from the that UK is correct. Champion. Yeah. Um, I think his name is something Butler or Bartley or something like that. I I didn't write it down with all my other notes, but I was like, yeah, I didn't I didn't like the cadence of his talking. 
but I wasn't a fan of the voice in this. For oh, him. I loved it. Was in such stark contrast to his muscles. I just fucking true. That was brilliant. Yes. I mean, listen, I will drink Tom Bar- Tom Hardy's bathwater. Like that is one of the people that they sold that shit on the internet. I'm buying it and guzzling that shit up. That man is fucking. That that man. If, if listen, if he wanted to go into my bed, I would I would I would not say no. I would just tell him, don't tell nobody. Um, right. But that man is so attractive, and I love the character he brought. But it definitely sounded like he had a bag of dicks in his mouth, like every time he talked. <laughs> a bag of dicks, jeez. I mean, with Tom Hardy, with Tom Hardy's, um, you know, his sexual prowl, it'd be like a bag of edge in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, re- like, I think I read like, somewhere like he, that like he, he was, it was like he was reading his lines while he was like muffing down at the same time. Do you? <laughs> As as Emily, I've never heard that as a verb. Uh, The the official uh, human resources department of of the cult classic comic show has told us to stop. Uh, For those of you not watching on YouTube, we've been getting the the X symbol, so we're gonna have to go to a commercial break. This episode brought to you by Amex, (laughs) or was it Robin's Eggs this week? What what crack were we snorting earlier this week? This episode's been brought to you by Tom Hardy's bag of dicks. (laughs) It's like water. So, did you you guys remember when? Would you guys remember when that comic came out where Batman went down on Catwoman, and then like DC retracted it and was like, "Heroes don't do that." Do you remember that? I do not. What that was the an Heroes don't do that. What does that make me a villain? It was like a year ago, and then like DC like pulled it, and the quote from their president was like, uh, "Heroes don't do that," and then that became like a running gag. And the one I like the most that's relevant to this is like, yeah, heroes don't do that, but you know Bane does, and he does it from behind, and he loves it. Like, <laughs> I don't you know, know, man. The, like, didn't they show Batman's wiener like a year ago? Yeah, a lot of people don't know I was the model for that comic book, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was like old and wrinkly. <laughs> they pulled it from the shelves almost immediately, and it was the whole thing was it was their R-rated line. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I, I I bet a lot of people are sad we didn't get to see Christian Bale's wiener in this movie. I mean, if he had hung dong, it would have been a more enjoyable movie. Like, I don't know, it wouldn't hurt. Where is this show going? I, I don't, don't want to miss know. that. Okay, so going back to, like, Pussycats, I do know... <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> I do know that Anne Hathaway was supposed to be um, put in if Sam Raimi had done, like, a Spider-Man 4. I guess they were going to have Black Cat in that, and yep. she was supposed to be cast for that particular uh role yeah so. yeah and we um we'll probably dive into spider-man 4 if we do a spider-man season but that whole thing was like like it's not clear what they were going to do with her she was going to play felicia hardy but some rumors are that instead of black cat she would have been the sidekick to the vulture called the vultures so I, I don't know about you, but I can't think of a less sexy animal than those bald, furry, corpse-eating scavengers. Like, is there a more disgusting inspiration for a super villainess than a vulture? Sounds like sounds sounds like any woman, though. Oh, hey, hey, hey. I'm not getting involved. Like Jason, you on your own, bro. Like I already got away with the bag of dick shit. Like that's that's all you, bro. <laughs> I'm about to get canceled. Jason's, yeah. Jason's going to get us canceled. Um, yeah. 
Um, just a disclaimer, we, we are playing characters of ourselves on the show. As soon as I put that disclaimer in the show notes, Jason went went off the rails. Jason was like, good, now I can speak my mind. I'm protected by the law. <laughs> I'm protected by my lawyer, Carmelo. Oh. Hey, I said I'm a lawyer. I didn't say I'm a good lawyer. Yeah. To add on about this Anne Hathaway thing, I, I totally think she handed her own, but I really did appreciate that they had a great talent in Juno Temple, and they just used her for a couple of splash shots. Like, that was... That's like talking about like, yo, I got money for this movie. Let me put a side character that does absolutely nothing that is blowing up at the exact same time, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And I think Jennifer Lawrence was supposed to play that. And who was somebody else that was in a comic book movie? Hmm. I can't remember her name, but they had her had two other people that were lined up for that as well. Damn. That's a huge role. I hope they I hope they got shocked. You know what I mean? Like, because that's like someone that definitely has the gusto to keep an entire scene by themselves. Juno Temple, like, uh, she's just, she was blowing up at that that exact time when that movie came out. She's blowing up now. Uh, and just to use it for those two small scenes, one with at the bar and the second one about the home, like being everyone's home. Um, yeah, she's like her roommate, right? They, they live together. You know. Yeah. That's not like a comic book character or anything. No, you know, not specifically, but in Batman year one, she does live in like that walk up in old town and she does live with, she's a prostitute at first and then mm-hmm. lives with another prostitute. So there's always been this sort of like, they've made it canonical now, but even then it was like, is she bi? And she kind of like protected this maybe girlfriend, maybe younger sister type who lived with her. And I think this okay. character is like an amalgam of that. I mean, they even did that in the Batman, right? Like they gave yeah. the character yeah. a name, but that's yeah. who she's like trying to avenge the whole movie. Yeah. This new, uh, Catwoman, the new version of her always has the, every person next to them, which she's always trying to protect just similar as Batman is trying to protect Gotham. Yeah. Um, so it, it, they, they did a great job in the last decade to make Catwoman Batman's equal. And this is one of the ways that they show it. Um, but man, yeah, I, people see people, people need an on-screen parallel. You know, it just, it just broadens your audience yeah. and it makes that it strengthens the story too. You know? Oh, I was even thinking while I watched it, how cool it is watching Batman and Catwoman fighting side by side. Like there's that rooftop scene where they're fighting together. And I'm just like, that's cool as hell. Like I feel giddy watching that. Yeah. It's so, a nice visual. Yeah. They, they go together real well. Um, I, I, so I have a theory about villains that I've mentioned before. Like, and I think, Catwoman actually makes me have to revise my theory. I once said there are four great types of villains. I think there are five. And Chris Nolan hits all five of them in this series, right? And the first one is like the mentor. We talked about that. That's Ra's al Ghul. The second one is like your polar opposite, right? That's the Joker, right? It's the exact opposite of the hero. Then you have the friend turned enemy and there's Two-Face, right? And that's great because this person's always like a foil to the main character, right? Like Two-Face's duality mirrors Batman's duality. Then you have Bane, right? And what is Bane is the doppelganger. He's like like the hero, but in like a cracked mirror. And their differences usually highlight like what makes the hero so great. He's the Thanos of this movie. Yeah, he's like, he's like this unstoppable force. Uh, just like Batman was, right? Batman was unstoppable until he met Bane. Um, I think the fifth is like the femme fatale. I think you see that enough where I'm, I'm willing to call that the fifth great type of villain. And that's interesting because in some ways, like this isn't strictly a villain. Catwoman's a great example of like, she might be Bruce's greatest love. So I think there's something there of like this, this character represents the hero's struggle for like a normal, happy life. 
as well, you know, but then is like torn by this like dual, you know, dual identities. So that's why I like the Dark Knight trilogy. Chris Nolan hits the big five types of villains in in any kind of literature. I think if you name me any great antagonist, they're going to fit into one of those five categories. Yes. Thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED talk. No, it's a good, um, you know, it's a good uh, structure you got there. A nice little, maybe you could uh, turn it into like a lecture for NYU. Film I school. thought about it, but then I need like a school to lecture at. And, uh, you know, I, I have a couple of Labradors, but I don't really have any other audience members. So. Hey man, call classic, call classic can, um, listen to you, uh, our billions of, uh, listeners. That's true. I did just, I gave my lecture just now to most of the planet earth. So, you know, obviously most, most people listen to this show. So. So I had two things. Um, so I think this was one of the only movies that we see Batman's costume in broad daylight. Yeah. And that's like super important to the whole series, right? Kind of like no kid land, right? It's like he rises. That's the point, right? As he rises from the dark. Yes. So I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) My brother feels the same way you do. I will segue into this. I had a friend contact me because you guys made me get, well, convinced me to get an Instagram account. He reached out. He was like, he's an old coworker. Oh, it's our fault. Oh, so he hollered at you. Now it's our fault. Oh, no. She's going to blame us for the dick pics. Yeah. (laughs) He sent me a picture. He's like, hey, is dick. this you? He's like, are you doing Catwoman cosplay now? I was like, no, no. Um, but he does cosplay. And he's been doing a lot of, like, 3D printing, like, costumes mainly for Star Wars. But he's yep, been doing like, Batman. Yeah, he's been doing Batman suit. So he's doing the new one. So he said, like, in a month or two, um, he'll send me, like, the final uh, pictures. And that's something that we can share with the audience and everything. We but should. Randall... Randall is awesome. So, um, but yeah, there was that. The costume, I did not like it. Um, it looked really fake. It just looked bad. Like, especially in the crotchal area. The crotchal. <laughs> it didn't look great. right. It rides um, up in the crotch a little. The other part in the, the movie or plot or theme was, I feel like the Joker was right the entire time about... It's like a dog-eat-dog world, and people will turn on you in an instant. Whereas in The Dark Knight, you had the two boats, and it's like, you blow up one, I'll save the other. You blow up this one, I'll save the other one. And they didn't do it. But in this one, it was like a free-for-all. Like, everybody was like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to jack you up with, like, drugs. Like, it just was like a free-for-all. I'm like, what happened to this city? Yeah. Yeah, but the the movie spends a lot of time on the people who like don't, right? It spends a lot of time on like the orphans and the cops and and I guess maybe that's like it should have showed more of like the every people cuz a lot of those yeah. those riot scenes are like the prisoners of Blackgate who are let loose, right? It's and, like, Yeah, but I didn't understand like I know they're talking about there was the 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 haves and have nots, but like usually right. in Gotham like you can tell because they always have it like a trashy looking city. I'm like, I would never want to live there. But in this film, it looked like it was fine. So I didn't see like a whole lot of the disparity between the groups until like that started happening. And I didn't even feel like there was that much emphasis on it. And maybe I just missed it and I'm being ignorant, but. 
like many comic book movies, they try to like they try to really do a reference to you know three to five years worth of reading in four seconds. Yeah, um, and that's what they're they're trying to do in this movie as well. Like you know, I, I can see it. I'm like, oh, that's No Man's Land. I could know you know I have this this rolodex of ideas. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, for me, looking at it, the first thing that pissed me off is the Game of Thrones Uber that Batman's on from Middle East to the ice of Gotham. Oh, come on. What? No, so, you know what? Like, okay, so if you look at it, about three to four weeks pass between, like, point A and point B. And I think that's plenty of time for, like, Bruce Wayne to make that track. That bacchiotomy, too? That bacchiotomy that he got. Maybe, no. man. I mean, hey, that happens he before. He's, he's not superhuman, but he's he's a he's a very well-in-shape person. You J- know? J- Jason's right. They say there's 23 days before the bomb goes off. Then he lives, he leaves the pit. Then they say there's 18 hours left. So he has like 21 days to get from the middle of nowhere to in Gotham. In 2006, I stubbed my toe. In 2006, I stubbed my toe. Uh-huh. To this day, that shit hurt. Like this day, like you catch me on a bad day, right? Like I'm like, yo, for real. And you, ain't, you ain't Batman. That's ho, right? Like, yeah. Well, hurt. So you're trying to tell me one day Batman had a bacchiotomy, right? And then he fell in that fucking hole twice with just a rope. With a rope. <laughs> That's what makes him a superhero. That's what makes him a world class athlete. And he still had the time to walk his ass to Gotham. On t- Imagine, he ain't even like trying on the streets. His presentation is that he's on ice, walking to the cops. Like, first off, he's dressed in all black. We know what we do with people that are that are, that are black in general, right? We shoot them immediately when they go to the cops. So, like, can you imagine this dude, like, clack, clack, and he looks funny because his, his, his suit is being seen for the first time in the daylight. As Emily just noticed, it's stupid. Like, you shoot, bro. Like, story's over. Like, let's not even talk about the whole revenge sex plot thing that's got going on with the girl that got out of the hole. Like, let's not even go there. I'm just saying. Are you telling me that plot hole is more important to you than the fucking chills? The chills I get when I watch him climb out of the pit and the music picks up and then the bats came out of that hole. And like, I remember the first time I saw that I got fucking chills. Cause I realized like, that's the moment all three movies had been building toward. And it was, it was executed perfectly. I think I agree with your wife though. I had the most emotion with Alfred. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that scene was emotional and I should, I should tell a story about my wife. Cause she'd love it. If I repeat this to everybody, we saw this movie together when it came out. We weren't dating at the time, but we saw it together. And he's climbing the fucking wall. And they're doing the chant, Basara, Basara. And the music's picking up, and I'm getting chills. And I'm like, this is amazing. I've been waiting for this since 2005. This is incredible. Sounds like sex. And then she goes, <laughs> she's like, Wait, what did she say? What did she she said it sounds like, like sex. sex. She said it sounds like a Talia Al Ghul plan. That's what she said. And then I I had an orgasm in the theater. I had a batgasm. Well, and much like sex, the story ends very disappointingly because (laughs) then my wife leans over and goes, there's so many handholds. He could easily climb out of that rock. I don't know why this is hard at all. And I was like, shut 
<laughs> you gotta yeah, you gotta suspend some disbelief here to enjoy the movie. It's like, you know, that's yeah. just This is I why I don't I don't bring people I don't know now to movies I wanna see. If I invite you to a movie, it's because I I yeah, yeah, I know you're gonna do the you know what I mean? I don't invite a Spider-Man guy to a Batman movie because they'll bitch about it. I invite Omi, right? Like, when I saw, uh, so when I saw Spider-Man No Way Home in December, I rented a whole theater. I took like a hundred people to see this movie. And you saw that flex? I rented a whole fucking theater. Yeah. Oh, let me do this flex. It's got the tattoo on that one. So anyway, so I, I don't know who I'm going to sit next to with these things. I try to sit next to my brother because he keeps his shit together. But then like another friend of mine sat next to me and I love him and he might be, a, you know, a, a fill in one once or twice if one of us ever gets sick. So I won't say anything too bad. But he was talking the whole movie during Spider-Man. And I was like, I've been waiting for this since 2002. Shut up. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I can't. I can't sit through a movie while, you know, while with, with somebody who's talking, you know. It's one thing if I've seen it before, but like the first time, like keep that shit to a minimum. That yeah. happened when we uh, went to go see the Evil Dead remake. Like we had a whole row. There was like 15 of us. And the person next to me was somebody's date and they wouldn't shut up. And I wanted to turn and just be like, Angela, you dump him right now. Like, <laughs> Angela, if you Angela, get married, I am going to say this story at your man. fucking wedding. Yeah. Um, I no, I mean, here's the deal. Like, I I had two daughters that went with me. That 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 no, uh, daughter and, and and step step boy that came with me, and we really appreciated you, Carm. Like, honestly, because like watching a movie in nerd nerddom is different yeah. from just watching a, ner- a movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Like when everyone's clapping and everyone gets to like the the ins the inside jokes and stuff. Like I get that. to mark out. Yeah. Yeah. It makes the movie special. It makes it pop. Like to a point where we watched Spider Man for the second time in the theater and my youngest daughter Praj, she was totally pissed off that no one was clapping at certain times. Like she's yeah. offended and shit, you know, like, so I love that we have that, but the motherfuckers that like stay trying to give you the fucking, you know, mystery science theater treatment and shit. You just need to bitch slap the fuck out of them immediately. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Omi always resorts to violence, man. Everything is about slapping people on their heads and shit. I'm trying to see how many times I can say bag of dicks in one podcast. Don't ever let him give you a purple nurple, too. He does that shit like he's trying to rip it off, and he knows I've got sensitive nipples. You're welcome. (laughs) Whoa. You're welcome. I know, right? Hey, Omi, do us a favor. Find out if uh, Carm's got a sensitive dick. (laughs) Go give him a a, a Durkle Durkle or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) I would think I didn't know that already. The word like, you're looking for is hand job, and that job is reserved for my wife. Thank you. Like, first off, this motherfucker's lying. I hope she doesn't tune in. I hope no one tuns in. What are we? We gotta just redact this whole episode. I know, We're right? gonna have to have some sort of conversations after this, guys. <laughs> I know, right? We're all getting called into the principal's office. HR is gonna is gonna light us up. Hey, let me tell let me tell you something. Every time I walk into the bedroom, that dark night rises. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, so I was listening to my new favorite podcast, uh, Anamorphing Time, which is all about my favorite childhood yeah, book you series. Change your pants. Look at her. <laughs> I'm those, glad you said those, that. Those on that note, listening at home, that you can't see the video. <laughs> Emily is very wet right now. <laughs> oh, but it's like a oh flash dance thing. She's like pulled like a chain and like it's like raining. Flash dance. 
And yeah. I apologize. I don't try to encourage any of this shit. I just want to say bag of dicks a lot. Like, I don't mean it in a sexual way. <laughs> well, the point is, since we have a female co-host, anything we do is therefore not misogynist. That's how, that's how woke culture works. Therefore, we're covered. I'm going to call bullshit on Carm about not crying at movies because I have been with him when we've talked about Rocky and Creed. That's different. Those are different. Obviously. God. What God. man has Rocky, not Rocky, shed a Rocky, tear? Rocky's only like the greatest movie ever made. Thank you, Jason. Uh, God bless you. Well, maybe oh, we'll you do cried a Rocky with podcast me. next. <sighs> I will do a Rocky podcast if you guys want. We'll just do Rocky all the time. Just jump. Maybe we got hey, in let... between seasons, like one Rocky, then the next one, then the next one. We'll alternate seasons. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I feel let's like we re- let's, let's refocus though. Let's um. Yeah. Back I got back. a question. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, how about let's rank this trilogy? Rank rank your movies in order of this trilogy. Oh. Okay. That's tough, man. That's tough. What, I'll, what if, I'll, I, I'll go first then. I'll lay it down. Hold on, hold on. Give us the parameters. What are you speaking about when you say ranking it? What are, what are we talking about? You know what? Just all things considered. You know, the the, the story, the film, the acting, just... You gotta you gotta pick three, and you gotta if you're told you need to watch these from, you know, best to worst, worst not even being bad, just... Put them in order. I'm gonna go yep. ahead and say, yeah. Dark Knight Rises yeah. begins Dark Knight, and it's very close. They're all very, very, very close. Yep. Uh, that was my ranking until this last watch through, and I'll admit, rewatching Dark Knight Rises last night reminded me why it was my favorite Batman movie for a long time. I think I, even though I love it, I acknowledge it has a few holes. And, and I don't think that makes it a bad by any stretch, but it Batman begins, I think is pretty flawless. So I'm going to go ahead and say Batman begins by a hair. Dark Knight rises dark Knight. I'm right there with Carm. Really? Yeah. I'll do it in the order that they came out. Batman begins the dark Knight, and then dark Knight rises. I really do like the Joker story. Um, I don't, I don't like when Batman became the Riddler at the end. Uh, Batman also became the Riddler at the end of this movie as well with the Dark Knight Rises. They should have just called this movie the Riddler. Yeah, it's not the guy under the mask. It's the mask under the guy. Like, motherfucker, take that bomb and go somewhere, motherfucker. Like, straight up. Let me give you this fucking he, that's not what he. That's not what he says. None of that happens. You have a bad memory. What are you talking about? You were an unreliable narrator, sir. And he's like, it's not the coke, some farts, or something you did for a kid. It's everything. Hold on, Bob. Hold on. Let me finish this. Can we cut his mic? How do we cut his mic? The same couple of days when he was a kid, and he looked at the guy, and he said, I love you, and he moved on. Somebody give this guy an Oscar so he can just shut up. (laughs) Let's play the music. Get him off the stage. Chris Rock, bitch. Cut off his his teleprompter. I, uh, I have a fun tidbit for you from the novel of this movie. If anybody's interested, there's a novelization that, that has a quick wink at the Joker. And I loved it. And, and you'll, you'll might remember in the first movie, Jonathan Crane is like filtering all these scumbags into Arkham by just saying they're insane. Right. And then he's getting all these criminals out of jail time. And after the dent act, everybody's in Blackgate, and, there's no mention of Arkham in this movie. None. 
in the book, they mention every prisoner got transferred from Arkham to Blackgate after all that bullshit with Crane. And Arkham is effectively shut down, except it remains open for one patient. Arkham Asylum still has a single patient and the whole facility is dedicated to keeping him locked up. And that's why he's not in the dark Knight rises. And that's the Joker. And I thought that's, I love when people talk about the Joker, like he's the devil, like he is this unstoppable force of chaos and evil. And we don't even say his name because it's that fucking scary. I love that. That was cool. Yeah, that, 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 that is a pretty good note. Yeah. Uh, one other thing they cut from this movie in the script is, you know, there's this recurring theme that like Batman and, and Gordon are sort of paying the price for, for winning on a lie. And then they have to let the truth have its day. Uh, and Gordon gets called in front of the scarecrows like kangaroo court. And he says, what kind of due process is this? And in the script, the scarecrow was supposed to reply more due process than you and dent gave all those prisoners. And I thought that's some good shit. Like that's not a huge change. Why is that not in there? It's very, it's very good. It's not in there because it's too good. You don't want the audience to turn. Oh, all right. It's too good. It's too much like Batman. It's too good. You, you can't, at that point in the movie, you can't risk the audience turning. Well, all right, fair enough, fair enough. And also to go with that, we still didn't have enough Killian Murphy in this one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, a few seconds of him, yeah. You right. want his bathwater, or you want Hardy's bathwater, I want his. So. I don't, I don't blame you. Killian Murphy is a beautiful, beautiful man. I mean, he got, hey. them, he got them cheekbones. Yeah, he's, he's, I'm, up, I'm up there with that. I feel you. And then going with uh, the hot studs, I think that Blake, the character that the Robin character that what is it, Levitt played? Yeah, I think Brian Gosling was supposed to be cast for that, and I would have been all for that too. But my wife literally has a shirt with Ryan Gosling's face on it, so I'm I'm less on the Ryan Gosling fanboy train. No, but Nolan Nolan likes to uh, recast his like actors a lot, so. I wasn't I wasn't surprised that uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt got the um, got the nod here, but um, I mean overall this was a successful movie. They spent like three fifty, made a billion. Two fifty, right? Yeah, a quarter of a million dollars, and they made a billion dollars on that shit. Yeah, I, it did. It did more. It did better at the box office than uh, Dark Knight by just a little bit. Wow. You know, that happens to the third movies a lot, though, even re- regardless of their quality, which is, I think, why some of them fall off. Like, take Spider-Man 3. I, I think it made more money than Spider-Man 2. And it's universally disliked less than, than or disliked yeah. more than Spider-Man 2. Everyone yeah, it's, loves the least Spider-Man fa- it's the least favorite of the three. Yeah, and yet it's riding the coattails of the movie before it, which is why it builds up. So, um, yeah, a- I mean, it's successful, so... Before we go away with this, as Chris Nolan thing, during while I was watching the Dark Knight when it was happening, or the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, um, I, I fell in love with Chris Christopher Nolan movies like somewhere through, and I, I really appreciate everything he's doing. I made this argument that the Dark Knight Rises wasn't about Batman. He wasn't referring to Batman as the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. uh, but that we were seeing the origin story of Robin yep. the entire time. Yeah. And that he was the Dark Knight that was rising out of this because he lost his hope in what he thought was justice. He lost his ideas of what was right and wrong immediately. Um, there's so many beautiful scenes with him being right in the center point where I think Christopher Nolan was hiding it in, in, in broad daylight uh, of his growth 
And then, of course, the last scene being the plateau that rises up, it the that it was Robin growing, going to take on the mantle, um, which Dick takes on the mantle many a times in the comic books to become the perfect Batman. Um, and, you know, I, I really thought the wordplay on that was brilliant. I, I almost um, forgave all the flaws of that movie when I was kind of falling into that theory that this movie was about an origin story hidden, almost like uh, M. Night Shyamalan's um, Unbreakable, where that was an origin story hidden in front of us, where he was watching this movie, and it turned out to be a superhero movie. Uh, and it, it's very similar with, uh, with The Dark Knight Rises. He was no longer referring to Batman as The Dark Knight. He was referring to it as, uh, as Blake. I thought it was really fresh. Yeah, I, I know that theory of yours and I watched for it this time and it's, it's really brilliant. And there's, I mean, like he checks all the boxes, right? Like you see the scene where he learns not to kill because he, he uses lethal force and then his witnesses are dead and he's like, he's worse off for it. And you see the scene where he learns to wear a mask and you see the scene where he learns not to trust the police. So like, I, I definitely think there's something to that. Uh, and I think it's both, right? Like, I think it's, it's John, it's Robin rises, but it's also Batman rises. And it's, it's this idea of the dark Knight ultimately that, that ascends. I mean, it's not an accident too. Chris Nolan's this smart. He's literally using the bat wing to save the day at the end. He literally flies right like into the air to save the day. He's literally rising through the air. That shit's not a coincidence with a filmmaker like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It looked like a flying shrimp. Flying shrimp. (laughs) It looks like some sort of ocean crustacean. I couldn't figure out what it was. It's it, not the coolest bat wing, but no. I, you know, maybe that's sort of where sometimes the reality of the thing kind of gets in the way of just general coolness. But it is like if you took the tumbler and put a fucking propeller on the bottom of it. Like, that's exactly yeah. what it looks like. So. Uh, and what's up with the extra tumblers that show up out of nowhere after one and two making it very clear that there's only one or one in existence? It's uh, one prototype. Fox explains it. He says that like like Wayne had a bunch of defense subsidiaries and he was rolling them up and bringing all the prototypes home to protect them, which of course is what Bane uses against them later. So, um, well, yeah, you know. and you're you're gonna have one tumbler that gets destroyed, so you gotta have a backup as Batman. Yeah. Yeah script would say that's what the you know you guys fall for it all the time it's in the script like i'm with it come on there's you know you can you go you can strive for perfection but you can never achieve it it's good it's a it's a good movie it's a it's a it's uh i think it's the best that we had uh growing up um and by growing up, I mean a 35-year-old watching these. (laughs) i'm still if you've been listening to this show you know we have not grown up yeah yeah yeah. maybe emily has i don't know like I'm, I'm in a beautiful scenario in my life. Like being a 43 year old man, like I'm seeing my childhood on the silver screen every fucking week, you know, like, so being able to see all these movies and like someone take this shit seriously, like I'm in like, I, I'm totally in love. Um, and I love the fact that this movie really took it over the top and made it so serious. And I was like, yeah, just rationalize my childhood motherfuckers. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so we should probably start closing statements. What are we watching at home? Or what are we, What else are we watching? What do we want to talk about? Yeah, well, does anyone have anything they want to say about Dark Knight Rises they didn't get off their chest? This is your chance with the whole world listening. This yes, I have one. Yes. Why was Gary Oldman in a damn hospital bed for like half the movie? <laughs> uh, 
But he does more in this than any of the movies. He's out there like climbing on trucks and shit, and like he was at the end. But I was like, damn it, just something I I picked up on. He does. Mm. He spends all of Act One, like the, well, really the first two acts, he spends in the hospital. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, this is a, this is a pretty loaded movie, so I can see they kind of had to like write him off for a little bit to give space for the other characters and stuff. Yeah, and like they write off Alfred, and then they like have to sideline Lucius at one point, and like they, yeah. they they have to dance with some of these big guys, and some of those really big actors, like they probably only had for like a couple of days, right? So like they probably had to knock out Michael Caine's stuff in like a week, probably. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, but um, yeah. All right, that's. We've spoken. That is The Dark Knight Rises. Um, what are we watching? Jason, you want to start? What, what are you watching this week? Uh, I watched that Phoenix Rising on HBO, the um, story of like Rachel Evan Cook and her stuff with Marilyn Manson. Cool. It was, was good? interesting. Hmm? If you're a Manson fan, you're not going to be one anymore. Oh, man. Okay. Really? I've seen him in concert twice. He's a very... Uh different character for sure yeah well i mean he like um allegedly like you know raped her and abused her oh my god physically yeah. so jesus that's disgusting does that mean i yep. can't listen to his cover of sweet dreams anymore well you know you shouldn't have listened to that shit after, after watching this after watching this documentary it's more like sweet nightmares dude i'm amazing we're fucking close friends you see some dumb ass shit i swear to god <laughs> don't trust me Omi. i ask myself every day what i did to deserve you Emily, what did you watch? I actually went and saw the new Morbius movie with our oh, other that? Joker. Mm. What did um, you think? It was okay. Um, I I didn't follow that comic book quite as much. I know that there was supposed to be, or there was a deleted scene in Blade that Morbius was supposed to be in. Um, I didn't think it was bad, but like, my boyfriend and his brother didn't like the fight scenes, but I was kind of cool with all the crazy, smoky, uh, just the atmosphere. I liked all the neon lights, which I usually don't, but for some reason it kind of brought it in for me. But it was okay. I don't know if they'll they'll set up a second one or not, but it was all right. I recommend seeing it. Maybe not in the movie theater, but <laughs> but check it out. I like vampires, so I'm cool with it. That's so. Carm, what are you watching? I also saw Morbius. Um, it was fine. Like, I, it wasn't as bad as I thought it could have been. Like, I thought it was going to be like early 2000s comic book movie bad. Um, it's close, but it's not that bad. It's yeah. just very, like, okay. You know, uh, well, I... Sorry, go ahead. I, I think, that, like, it was only a, like an hour and 44 minutes. And yeah. it seems like all the comic movies now are like two hours plus. So yeah. oh, I feel yeah. like they tried to pack in quite a bit. Too. Yeah, and I thought they they on this is what I was expecting. I was expecting like Venom, where there's clearly a huge subplot or character arc that was cut in favor of just more action and a shorter runtime. And I didn't watch this movie and think it was missing some important thread. Uh, I guess yeah. probably the police officer that hunts him down. I guess he's in the comics, but he doesn't really do anything in the movie other than look serious. Uh, it was Tyrese, the, man. Yeah, the movie doesn't have much of an ending. It just sort of ends like they have the final battle he flies away and then it there's no like denouement 
uh, and the post credit scenes. I think, you know what? I'm probably judging the movie harshly because the post credit scenes were asinine. They were so stupid. I don't understand what happened at all. At all. In that. We, we got to keep this spoiler free. Do we? Because I'm pretty sure I can just mark the episode spoiler and say whatever the fuck I want. I mean, spoilers for Batman. Spoilers like... for Batman. All right, we'll keep Morbius spoiler free for now, but the, I thought the end credit scenes were dumb. The fight scenes were okay, but the climax, I like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, they're fighting and they're going back and forth, and then they crash land in a construction site. And I'm like, is that where we were the whole time? So, like, yeah. you know, uh, and then you can talk to bats, and that's never established at any point, really. Um, I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't, it was not as good as Venom, but I didn't think Venom was very good either. So no, Venom that. was not that good, yeah. I mean, Venom was fun. Like, Venom looks cool. I even thought, like, Carnage looks cool. Those movies were dumb, but they were they were fine. And this is just below that, right? That's how I think about it. Omi, what are you watching? Hey, so I'm like the rest of the world and I'm watching Moon Knight because uh, Oscar Isaac, he is totally part of the whole uh, Drink Your Bathwater crew. Um, so my man is killing it. Um, he's not I, part of the bag of dicks. No, not bag of dicks. He, he you could totally hear him. Uh, bag of bathwater. Uh, but he's on the bathwater tip. He's on that Beyonce bathwater tip. Like for sure. Uh, so in, much so. In, in case you need an Omi translator, Omi will will sometimes look at a woman or or an actress and say, "I would drink her bathwater." That's what he says to me. <laughs> I obviously don't engage the, the in such repellent behavior. Said that was like 2001. Yeah, that's cool. What, what are you trying to say, Jason? What are you, what are you trying to say? Just saying. <laughs> you know what? Though? That shit happened. Some like OnlyFans models like started selling their bathwater and people got really sick trying to drink it. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so nasty. Disgusting lunatic people. My God. Is that that's so, as, a, as, a, as a healthcare uh, professional, Oscar, let me tell better. you guys listening at home, do not drink people's bath water. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, seriously. We're getting dumber. We're all getting like, dumber. Like, seriously. If it's it's, so, it's yeah. so unhygienic, if that's a word. It's so nasty. Jason. And, like, if it's, and, and you know what? And if it's like, if that woman's like certain time of the month, oh, just go, go. Go away. Why? Why? Go away. Why are you going there? Jason, can I ask you a question? What's less hygienic? If I drink someone's bathwater or lick a toilet bowl, which is worse for me? You know what? That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Do you need petri dishes? I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a guess and say maybe the, the toilet is less safe because bathwater does have some soap in it. <laughs> I mean, it has some soap in it. This has been Health Corner with Jason I'm not fucking with none of y'all no more. Like, none of y'all. Like, uh, talk about Thanks for tuning in to the final episode ever. This is the kind of intellectual rigor our billions of listeners tune in for. Oh, my God. This is- I know. We just, we, just lowered the, we just lowered our listeners' IQ by, like, 17 points. Well, Woo! then we'll be drinking bath water. They'll be drinking bath water. No, I think they're going to be going to drink bath water now. You yeah. won't be dumb if you drink bath water. You'll be dead if you drink bath water. Yeah. This is rough. This is a rough one. So Oscar Isaac is fucking killing it. Um, I don't know what the story's leading, so I won't like say it's good or not. I, I'm not a big fan of Disney Plus Marvel shows, but uh, he's he's definitely doing his job, and I, I really do appreciate it. So I will drink all the bath water he gives me. Um, send that to whatever um, mailing address Jason's about to drop. Uh, <laughs> Paul Classic, P.O. Box 1, Lamont, Illinois, 60439. 
There was zero mail this week. Come on, people. <laughs> hey, Freddie, where you at, bro? bro oh. oh, yeah, that reminds me. I promised a digital copy of Batman Returns to whoever left us a review. And we've been getting good ratings, but I've not gotten like a review with a name. So I can't give you a prize based on your rating because I can't see your iTunes uh, review, uh, like your name. So um, if you've left a review or left a rating, please leave a review. And if you, uh, or if you want to drop it on Facebook, like we're pretty active on there, you can join our, we have, have a Camaras comics community, Facebook group that we sort of use for call classic comic show. This is unofficially sponsored by Camaras comics. So like join us there. And then you too can have a discussion about whether or not you want to drink bath water or lick a toilet. And that concludes today's episode. <laughs> Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. When we watch, what are we watching? We'll be bringing out the bat salts next week. The bath, the bath salts or the bat salts. Wait, when are we getting together? When, when does that happen? The live, the live season finale is coming up. Uh, let's see. This episode airs. Oh, let's see. So this week, even though we're recording this dark Knight comes out tomorrow, this comes out the 14th. We have two more. So May 5th, like the week of May 5th, we'll do a live episode. We might not, we'll probably won't do it on a Thursday. We'll probably do it on a Friday or a weekend so we can get super drunk. We'll pick a date and announce it in the next episode, but we're, we'll do, we're going to do a live episode where you can join in in the discussion with us. Uh, we'll simulcast on Facebook and YouTube uh, so that you can join in and then we'll air the live episode later. Um, and we're going to drink a lot and it's going to be a debate format. We're going to argue a lot, uh, but that's coming soon. Uh, we're going to sexually have... harass people a lot. Yes, absolutely. But we have two, uh, two more, at least two more, right? Am I, tell me if I'm missing anything. We have Batman mask of the phantasm and Lego Batman to watch. What Yep. did I miss anything? So, yeah. Which one are we doing next? I, I say chronological. Let's do phantasm. Okay. Phantasm it is. All right, so we're going to do Batman Mask of the Phantasm on the next episode. And uh, just so you know, we're doing like theatrically released Batman movies. So we're not like arbitrarily picking cartoons. We won't do Sub-Zero or Mystery of the Batwoman or or Batman Beyond because those were all straight to DVD. We're just going to do theatrically released uh, Batman movies. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. See you next week. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Cult Classic Comic Show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That's what helps us reach new listeners and keep the show going. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Chimera's Comics or join our Facebook group at Chimera's Comics Community. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.